Welcome to Coaching Kidlet, a podcast about writing and publishing good kidlet. We dig into various aspects of writing craft through a kidlet lens and provide inspiration and clear, actionable items to help writers like you move forward on their kidlet writing journeys. I'm Christy Yaros, author, accelerator, certified book coach, and author focusing on middle grade and young adult. I'm Sharon Skinner, author, accelerator, certified book coach, and author of Speculative Fiction and Kidlet including picture book, middle grade, and young adult. On this episode, we want to talk about why. And the question is, why this story? That's the key question, right? Why this story? Also, why, why are you the person to write this story? And why, why does it matter? So the first thing that usually happens is I get a blank look from writers when I'm coaching and I say, so why, why you, why this story? And they have to stop and think about it. And so there's a reason why we ask the question, why, right? Yes. We love the question. Why that is the book coach's favorite question is why <laughs> we ask it all the time. We ask it about a lot of things, but when we first start out, one of the things that we're talking about is why this book, why this story, why does it matter? It's an important question because if you don't know why you're doing something, then it's hard to stick the landing. And I think Simon Sinek does a great job. He does a TED talk and he's got a book out getting to why. And he really, a lot of it is focused on corporations and how corporations operate and why certain corporations are successful and more successful than others. And it's because they start with why. And so as book coaches, we like to start with why. Almost like a mission statement for your book. Oh, I like that. Yeah. A mission statement for your book. So why you're writing the story is really important. And why you to write this story? That's, that's a big one. I think you need to think about if you are the best person to tell that story. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. Are you the best person to tell this story? You know, why is this story resonating with you? Why is it so important? Why is it that you're drawn to telling this story? And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't tell the story that you're passionate about or that you're drawn to or that you feel compelled to tell. It just means that you need to dig deep and know why it is that you're feeling compelled to do it. Because to tell a story, oh, because I think that it'll sell or, oh, I think that this is what's hot in the market right now, unless you are a, a known entity or a very commercial writer already, chances are it's not going to go anywhere for you. And sometimes you also have to think about, should I write this now? Because sometimes your why is so important that you are not the version of yourself yet that should be writing. it. That's a really good point. I like, I like that. You know, that you want to be the version of yourself that is the right person to write this particular story at this time. Uh, I've put away a number of stories that I was not ready to write either because I was not, I didn't have the chops for it 
uh, or I found I wasn't passionate enough about the idea, you know, oh, this is a fun idea. This is a great idea. I think I'll write this story. And then I get into it and realize I don't care enough about the characters or I didn't care enough about the subject matter to really pull it through. And I think it's important to know that, you know, why, why are you writing the story? And if it's not resonating for you, if it's not emotionally engaging, if, it, if you're not coming to it for the, for the desire and the, the joy of telling that particular story, then why do it? I actually had the opposite experience where my why was so important that I was not prepared to go there so many times. I mean, you're writing this book, you're sitting in it for your, what, six months to a year, 10 years, 20 years that you're writing your draft, if you're not working with a book coach, and then you're going through revisions. And then if you sell the book, I mean, you are in this for a long time. And if you personally cannot handle that, which I found out at the time, I could not, I had to put it away and maybe someday. And I've, I've heard that from, from other authors as well, that sometimes it's your fifth or your sixth book. That is really that book that, that you needed to write because you need to, first of all, don't start out with <laughs> the really impossible book that is going to be difficult just because it's your first book, let alone the additional of having such an important why on it. But yeah, I think also you know, like I said, you're sticking with this for a long time. So if you're not that passionate about it, you're going to get bored. 300 pages. If, if you're just, you know, slogging through it and people will be able to tell. Exactly. Because, you know, they say no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader. When, when we talk about those emotions that come, that we want to get on the page and the, the types of emotions we want to get across to the readers. And if I'm feeling excited and I want to jump out of my chair because I'm writing an excited, an exciting moment or scene in my book, then I know that uh, when I get it on the page, right that that will be conveyed to the reader and that they'll get excited and, and they'll feel that. But if I'm bored, I, I firmly believe that you're going to telegraph that through your words to the reader as well. And then, you know, just to remind yourself when you're, you're stuck or if you get stuck that, okay, this is why I set out to do this in the first place. And even if I feel defeated right now, or I feel like I'm never going to get there, like, remember that you had a very good reason for doing this in the first place and trust that person who made that decision and, and keep, keep with it. I think right. you should put your why right on your, on your monitor, on a, on a little sticky so that you can look up and say, okay, yes. This is why I'm doing this. This is why right. I'm doing it could be just for a person. It doesn't have, you know, it could be I'm writing this because my daughter didn't have the story when she was younger. I'm writing this because I didn't have this story when I was younger. Yeah. And it's the story that I could have that would have been meaningful to me when I was that age. And it would have helped me over a particular issue or problem or emotional place that I was in and I didn't have that book. So I want other readers to have that book. So Christy, that brings up a question. So when you write, why do you write? And maybe not a particular book, but in general, why? Me personally, or why a person yeah. would want yeah. to write? 
You, Christy, I'm putting you on the spot. Hot seat. (laughs) Honestly, I just can't not write. I, it's just always been what I, what I've done. You know, I was surprisingly a very talkative child. And I think sometimes uh, people didn't want to listen to that anymore. Like one of the games at holidays was, you know, who can stay quiet the longest and get a dollar. I was very poor because I never won, but at some point you just, I I needed to get the words out. And if nobody else was going to listen, I was going to put them down on paper. And so mine was, you know, very funny now looking back, not then uh, diaries, journals, where things that were, seemed so important at the time, you know, but, but also then our good source material, because yes, nine-year-old me was very interested in that was very upset by that and so nine-year-old somebody else that's also an important issue for them as an adult maybe it doesn't seem like it's a big deal but when you're at that time definitely but yeah it was journals and then as a teenager it was really bad poetry didn't we all all of us who are writers didn't we go through the the angsty teenage poetry phase i'm asking for a friend yeah yeah well, it was part angsty and then uh, to entertain. I was bored in school sometimes in high school. And so I would write, I started a poem of the day and it would be ridiculous. And I would pass that around. And I, I think a lot of us write because we need to get the words out. And I also believe that a lot of us write because we love, love, love books and stories so much. I fell in love with books when I was a kiddo and, and not that I was too terribly awkward, but uh, there was a time when books were my only friends. The characters in the books were my friends and found connection in books. And that's the kind of connection that I want to create in the books that I write. And so I write to provide that for others, something that I feel books have given to me and still give to me often you know, those cathartic moments and those moments when I think, oh, life is terrible. And then I read a book by someone who, or a memoir by someone who's like overcome all these amazing things. And I remember that life is not so bad and I've overcome a fair amount of things myself and I can move forward. So I think that for me, that's my why. My why is to offer that back into the world that I get from books. And sometimes we deal with authors who come to coaching or editing. And like you you said before, another why is because they think they can write a book and get rich and, you know, or they're going to write a bestseller and they're going to be famous and it's going to be made into a movie. And what what do you tell a client that, that, that comes to you? To be honest, if someone tells me that I typically will tell them, you know, and I try to put it nicely and, and help to have them understand the publishing landscape. But uh, it's along the lines of really, if you think, and I talk about this in my workshops, if you think you're going to get rich quick by writing a book, if you're going to you think, oh, I'm going to sit down and write this book and I'm going to have a bestseller and I'm going to make millions of dollars and it's going to happen overnight, then save the time and trouble and the pain that you will have to go through to do this 
and buy a lottery ticket and sip a pina colada and, you know, relax and have a good time because you, there are no guarantees. There are, there are absolutely no guarantees. Even if you write the absolute best book that you can, the market may not be ready for it at that moment. So there's a lot involved in getting that big publishing deal. What do you tell them? <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. I, I mean, I think we come up against it more be with Kidlet because uh, people who are not familiar with what it takes to write a truly good book for kids think that they're, they're shorter, they're easier. Kids, it doesn't have to be as complicated. It's not, so it's, I think, especially with the pandemic, I met a lot of people who it was, oh, I have free time. I'm going to write a kid's book, you know, like, oh, I feel like having, you know, a bowl of ice cream. Without the like, no, we agonize <laughs> for years and years and years with this. This is not something that you can just pick up. But I think that those people also kind of quickly realize that once they get involved in a community of other children's book writers, that maybe they were a little hasty to think that overly optimistic. Easy. Maybe we call it overly optimistic. But <clears throat> so, I, so the advice is take your time write a really good book, do the best you can to get it out in the world, but trust yourself to, that you'll have another book in you. And this may not be that book. You know, this may not be the breakout book. This may not be the one that sells right away. This may not be the one that you're ready to get an agent with. Maybe, maybe you need a few books under your belt before that happens. There Again, it's not unheard of. It's not impossible to get a first book out into the world. But we, what I think there's some misconceptions about a first book versus a debut. A lot of people get a debut or whose debut does really well. People go, oh, that's their first book. Well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe it's their maybe. third book or their fourth book or their fifth book. You know, maybe there are 10 manuscripts wrote. sitting in a drawer someplace. That... Right. And I also, yes. And, and people who come to me and say they want to write a picture, a picture book, especially if they're not an illustrator, I ask why, why a picture book and why this story and why you, and if they have a really good reason, and I'm coaching someone right now who has a story of their heart that they really, really need and want to tell. And it's, it's a story that I think has a, an, a place in the world. It really, there's a place in the world for this story, but it's still going to be work. She still, you know, she still has to query and find the right agent to who feels the same way about the book as we do. It's, it's not, and, and we've been through multiple revisions on this picture book, which is less than 500 words. You put a word in, you take a word out. <laughs> rinse, repeat. Yeah. It's not even, and it's not a rhyming picture book. So it's, yeah. you know, it's not but, even that. But that, that passion that she has, that why will come through in her query letter. It'll come through if she meets agents and then the agent will feel that and, and they can get behind it because again, for them too, it's years, you know, people think, oh, the agent, you know, when they pass and they say it's not the right fit, like they mean it. 
I have to read this book, you know, 10 times. I have to try and sell this book. I have to feel what you feel about this book because I have to be its biggest advocate right now. And the editor who's acquiring it has to feel the same way too, right? Because otherwise, if you don't all feel the same why for, you know, maybe not specifically the same why, but like really care about it, then that that work is going to show down the line. If you get somebody who doesn't care about it, why take that chance with something that you love and you've worked so hard on? Exactly. And, you know, again, your why, your passion will come through. It'll come through in the story that you're telling. It'll come through in the way that you're talking about it and when you and querying about it. And when you start to go to school visits and things like that, once you do have a published book, it will be that passion that you share with kids and kids will sense when it's real. They know when it, when it's real, when the joy is inside of you and you're sharing it with them, you're not just telling them, Oh, I wrote a book. Especially if it's a story, a personal story for you. And you tell that, you know, authors will often tell a version of that story to the kids and they're, you know, and, almost always hear that inevitably a kid will come up or to them afterwards or write a letter afterwards and be like, I thought I was the only one. You you went through the same thing as me. Yeah. That's, and that's pretty glorious. That's a really fabulous why to be writing for kids. It is. And, but you know, there's a lot of writing for kids. So it's not always necessarily about that. I mean, I did a lot of educational writing. You know, I can't say that my why for writing a math book was, you know, intense passion (laughs) for for mathematics. I mean, I guess it was, or I wouldn't have done it for so long, but, you know, or if you take a work for hire book that someone else has come to you and said, can you write this book? Maybe you don't have as much of a personal connection to it, but your why is still, I want to write a good book for kids. Well, it should be. You're absolutely right. And I did hear uh, uh, an author a number of years ago who was asked, you know, why she continued to write a particular series and just keep churning them out. And she said that she would look at the bills. on. She stuck her bills on the refrigerator and that was her why. Her why was for continuing to write that series was because she needed to pay the bills and this was her living. So, I mean, your why is your why. We're not saying that you have to have a why like my why or somebody else's why, but you need to know what it is and you need to be realistic about it. And paying the bills is a lot different than making a New York Times bestselling million dollar overnight book. Right. And there's obviously different ways to, that you would approach that, you know, I mean, there are, I have um, a client now who just wants to see her book out in the world. And so if that means self-publishing it, then that's what she's going to do. So that's, you know, different. Like her why is just like, I have worked on this story. I love this story. I just want to see it, you know, in print. (laughs) I love that. But what I really love about that, Christy, is that she wants to also have a good book in the world. She's not just, oh, I'm going to have this book out in the world, even if I have to self-publish it. She's coming to a book coach to get the support she needs to make sure that that book, however it gets into the world, is absolutely the best book she can make it. And I, and I think that's just, that's super glorious to me that people, you know, realize when they need the support and they 
know to go out and get that help to make sure that they're meeting their why in the best way possible. Well, because that's our why, right? Our why as book coaches is to help you make your book the best possible book that it can be. And our why for doing this podcast is to make sure that there's good kid lit in the world and that people understand how to, to make that happen. And because, you know, kids deserve it. So um, anything else you wanted to see on this topic before we close out? You wanted to mention something about the danger of a single story. So the, there is a really good uh, TED talk by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And she does a TED talk on the danger of a single story. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because this is why we need more diverse books. This is why we need more books from the heart that tell the story of the heart. This is a big reason why that is so important. And I really highly recommend that if you're writing for kids, even if you're not writing for kids, go check this out. It's Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie talking about the danger of a single story. And we'll put that and in the show notes so that we'll, yeah, we'll put that your in listeners the show notes. Easily access that. Okay, action items. So I know we said we were going to do action items. Yes, we did promise our listeners that we would always give them an action item or two to walk away with. All right. What do you got for them? All right. So for my action item for this, think about why you're compelled to tell this story. Dig deep. Go beyond the standard because kids will love it answer and ask yourself if you were writing for kid you at that age, why would you want, need, love the story that you're telling? That's a good one. And then when you finish doing Sharon's exercise, take that and write a letter to yourself that tells you why you're doing this so that later If you feel like you're struggling or you can't do this or it's not worth it or someone else has already told this story and it doesn't matter or somebody comes out with a book that's similar while you're writing it, you can look back and read it and remember why you need to put this book out in the world because we all have stories that the world needs and we need to get them out there. Well, thanks, Christy, for that. I like that a lot. And thank you. We'll be back with our next episode then. We'll see. We'll be talking about emotional truth. Emotional truth. Next up. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Coaching Kidlet, a writing and book coaching podcast for writers who want to level up their Kidlet writing game. For more about us and to discover what a book coach can do for you, check out coachingkidlet.com and follow us on social media.